Welcome to BFF, where Alex and Dave relive their most memorable experiences involving the perfect trifecta, beer, fly fishing, and food. Now here are your hosts, Alex Ramirez and Dave Schoenzeit. Hey man, you there? I'm here. Finally. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to do another podcast, dude. Today's uh, today's a day to have a couple beers. Yeah, I guess every day is a day to have a couple beers. But I'm gonna have a couple, like five, I think. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think you should. Got to celebrate. Yeah, man, you're like ripping fish over there. I think you should start guiding or something or posting them on your Instagram account. Uh, <laughs> I'm good, but but yeah, it's fun to go out there and chase them. That's for sure. Dude, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm stoked. So you, how many did you catch today? Spot got, the croaker, right? I got three. I got three today. They was weird. They, uh, I fished yesterday with EW, and then uh, the fish weren't really there. And wow. I left. I left probably at the peak high, thinking that the fish weren't going to show up. And then today I stayed later, and the fish showed up like an hour after the peak high, like an hour into the outgoing. Yeah. An hour into the waning tide is when the fish moved in, and there were just like wolf packs. Fucking, it was awesome. Is the water temperature still cooler? It's warm. No, it's warm. No. It warmed back up. It's like sixty-nine, I think. Sixty-nine. Yeah. Uh, there's that, I got to send you a picture of that bug. I tied this little fucking bug. That's, I don't know, different. I, I usually fish different stuff and yeah. I just got inspired and tied up this bug. And I think I got, I got seven fish on it in the last three days. Nice. Oh, they're eating it good. Yeah, man. Yeah. Make a video Didn't of you tying that bug. No, <laughs> but I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah, please do. You fished yesterday too, right? I did. Yeah, man. I uh, I got an evening out on the Delta, and it's been windy all week here. So, and the water and the air temperature has been down like 13 degrees from what it's been for the last couple of weeks, which is uh, you know in the hundreds to now it's like you know 90s, high 80s. So we get there for the evening bite, and the wind is just howling. I mean, you can see the wind turbines on the mountains, you know, to the west and they're like seems like they're going hundred miles an hour. And wow. Yeah, we're like, oh, you know, it's supposed to calm down by eight o'clock. So we hit some spots that we're gonna be dropping off. Um we're we're hoping that we'd be blocked by the wind. Well, yeah. Wasn't the case, dude. We just got hammered by the wind. Not so much. Yeah, not so much. But hey man, I think our guest is on Ken. Are you there? Hey. I am here. Um, yeah. Nice. I'm not seeing anything. Am I supposed to see something? No. Nope. You're supposed to just hear us. You don't want to see us. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So I went out and got a nice haircut and put on a nice shirt. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have you take a nice selfie picture and then we'll put it up. We'll be like, this is what Ken looked like when we did the podcast. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. I'm glad you're on and um, I'm going to give you a little introduction. Uh, I'm really excited that you're here. So our next guest... His name is Ken. Obviously, it's Ken Baldwin. Uh, I would describe you as a man of many parts. Uh, you're a host of Season on the Edge, 
which is a super cool show, and I can't wait to talk about that. An Alaskan fishing guide, and something that I didn't know that I was kind of stoked on, a Hollywood actor. Uh, that was pretty cool, Die Hard 2, little clip of you that you sent me, so I'm pretty stoked. But welcome, Ken Baldwin. Well, thank you very much. Um, I don't know about the Hollywood actor thing. That's kind of done and over with. And, uh, I'm kind of happy about that, too. <laughs> but you're out there, man. That, that's pretty cool. Well, Ken, I, um, I know you and I have met down at the Fisherman's Spot in Southern California, but my co-host is a really good friend of mine, one of my best friends. His name is Dave. And uh, Dave, Ken. Ken, nice to meet hey, you. Dave. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. Um, I'm going to jump right into it because I want to ask Dave a question. Sure. <laughs> Dave, is that you I that I saw? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just didn't see that coming. Yeah, fire away. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> no, I saw on Google, I Googled your name. Is that you that caught a 35-pound striper in San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not 35 pounds. The, uh, the story of that fish uh, kind of got away, got away uh, in the process of, of talking to uh, the people who wrote the story. There were some things that were said, and then those things weren't changed. So uh, was, it over, was it over? Was it over five pounds? It was yeah. over five pounds. Yeah, no, yeah, I, we we got that fish in 2013 um, from the beach, which was was cool. Yeah, it was a, yeah, that was a while back. But yeah, no, that was that was me. It was a monumental fish, That's, though, Ken. I mean that. So that. No, 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 no. It's totally. Yeah, so you know. Questions. I mean, it, like, even though it wasn't thirty-five pounds, but a fish of that size caught in San Diego County. Uh, hey, yeah, I, I, I fish good. Montauk every year. I've, I've been <laughs> doing it for like twenty years. If it's over, okay. There's so many questions when I read that article. Yeah, totally. Fire away, man. One, I didn't know stripers go down to San Diego, so that that part you, blew my mind. You and me both. I didn't know that either. <laughs> and when I caught when we caught that fish, we couldn't believe it. It might as well have been, you know, a sailfish. Like that's how shocked okay, we were. So, <laughs> okay, so what were you what were you targeting? We were fishing halibut. So we were on this beach that had a lot of bait and uh we had stuck some fish the day my my buddy and I had fished it a couple days prior, just kind of scouting it. And there had been some, there was some really good structure. There were some good buckets and stuff, tons of bait in the water. So we were actually targeting halibut. So we were fishing six weight rods. Um, and then that happened just kind of, I mean, I guess that's the beauty of fishing, right? I mean, you know, any day okay, can, so, you can go out there and catch So you're stripping it back. So stripping it back. Down there, you're stripping and then you get hit and I just it's crazy the stripers are down there I, I just I didn't know that I didn't know that's part of their migration thing at what point first of all what were you throwing I was fishing a just a bait fish pattern like a olive over white like clouser variation I'd say at what point did you know it, this is something different like okay this is not a halibut uh Dave the guy I was fishing with uh my buddy Dave actually saw the fish you know at a distance and you know saw it flashing and he he actually called it when he saw it um he said oh it's it's a it's a striper and um i mean we were again we were as shocked as as, as you were to find out you can catch them now now come to find out there's a there's a handful of fish caught every year those fish were planted up in the bay area and, and they kind of make their way down the coast um but every year we get a hand a handful of fish caught here you know san diego 
Um, and they're just kind of like rogue, weird, you know, right place, right time kind of kind of fish. That's crazy. Isn't it, dude? That That's blew crazy. me away. There's a, actually, can, uh, I'm going to send you, I'll find the link of the video, but there is a video on YouTube of his buddy Dave, you know, uh, filming Dave landing this, landing this fish. It was super cool because at first they thought it was a blue water fish just until he saw it. And he's like, dude, it's a striper. It's a bug. No, striper. we, I, I, I mean, I think, I think the blue water fish was, yeah, that was, a, we, we really just had no idea what it was. It was just kind of a, kind of a freak, crazy thing. It's hard to get a striper, period, in the surf. Uh, you go to Montauk, you go to Hampton, it's hard to get a striper in the surf on a fly rod. And then when you do, you usually get a, a schoolie. And then. <laughs> Anything over five pounds is crazy. I, yeah. I, I, I looked at that and I went, okay, is this real? Is this, wow. Yeah, it's photos. Good on you, good on you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, I'll, man. You got it. I'll send you the, uh, did they have a photo in that article that you read, Ken? You know, I think they did. I, it, from what I remember, it looked like a big fish. Yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah. And to me, it looked like a 35 pound fish. I, I yeah. was like, okay, that's crazy. I mean, it's definitely double digit. It's probably 20 pounds. What's funny is I we never even talk about that fish. That fish is like, it's just kind of, it's its own little kind of thing that (laughs) I don't think, I think it's been mentioned, like uttered a couple times, but, but yeah, no, that, that, that fish just kind of stays tucked away. But no, that's, that's funny that you saw that. I've had, I've had a couple people before that have Googled me for like job interviews and stuff. And they're like, Oh dude, I saw that fish that you caught. (laughs) It's kind of funny. Yeah. And I got a special place in my heart for stripers. So, um, yeah. Yeah, dude, we'll we'll get into that because, um, that Montauk episode, dude, the best, that episode (laughs) is the best. So good. It's the best episode. I watched that one. I watched Louisiana and I watched, uh el salto where you guys are down chasing oh, the, uh, dude, the florida straight largemouth in mexico yeah but the montauk one was was super cool because i mean i have friends well um al q i i, I don't know if you know el quattrochi he's, he's an la guy but he's from the east coast oh I, uh, oh you know. you interrupted me when you sent me this email to, to sign on you interrupted me i was listening to your episode with him and he was right in the middle of talking about catching that rooster fish I was like, oh. no, I don't want to. I don't want to listen <laughs> no. to the rest of this. Oh, that's a, that's a great story too. So you got to get back to that one. Yeah, I was a yeah, great storyteller. I mean, I I think uh, just Montauk, the history of stripers, and uh, just how you depicted that whole fishing scene and being in the bar. Um, David Ratchford, he's an he's a dude that I know. He was in that film. I mean, just some. It was cool to see some familiar faces and just kind of get. I've never been there, but. I got a really good sense of just that whole scene. I mean, that was, that was such a good uh, thing that you guys did depicting that whole. Yeah. That's just it. It was the way that it was your spin on the way that you captured it because like those East coast dudes in like New York and Jersey that chase stripers, they are like (laughs) salty, like (laughs) blue collar, beer drinking, whiskey sipping, like, you know, like, and I felt like I, I felt I felt the way you, you you shot that episode and your content for that episode was so true to, you know, so authentic. I think I think the authenticity is kind of what came through. And that's what I really enjoyed 
about watching that episode is I felt like I was at the bar hanging out with you guys. I felt like I was out there, you know, slinging 12 foot surf rods or whatever you guys are fishing, you know, like, and I mean, those dudes are down there on the jetty when you get that tank at the end. I mean, he's down there risking life and limb to go ahead and, and that's crazy shit. But I mean, that's really how it is out there from what I hear. Yeah. Let, you know, it's funny that you're talking about the East coast guys. One is, is yeah. Montauk. Yeah. It's just that whole part of Long Island's got a vibe to it when you go there mm-hmm. and it's, you feel it, you feel it in the air, especially the fall, the fall run. It, it's just, you know, the colors start changing and food tastes better. Beer tastes better at that time. So it's just, it's got that vibe, but the guys, man, they will bust your ball. So, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I'm on that. I'm on those rocks. That's at at at, uh, at the lighthouse point there. Waves are crashing. I mean, you saw some of those waves knock those guys oh, down dude. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Paul is in his wetsuit or whatever. He's going down there, and then he lands it. And then this is what I hear, whether it's through email or on on message boards, whatever. Why didn't he land it himself? Oh, he didn't really catch that thing. He didn't have the balls to land it himself. Yeah, how come he yeah. couldn't go down there? I'm like, come on, guy. Oh, and they're busting my chops on my cast. I'm like, oh, I don't God. do this every day. I don't yeah. do the surf casting, but yeah. It doesn't seem you like you can win over thing. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, you could have been yeah. doing everything perfect, and they still would have been talking shit. Like, that's just, it's, a, oh, it's just you, like, that's the way it is. But your friends will talk shit, too. Your friends will sit there. They'll, they'll have a beer with you. They'll talk shit. And, uh, and bust your balls. That's, that's what they do. That's when you know they're good friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That's pretty funny. <laughs> that's, that's totally awesome, man. So I, I, we'll, go ahead, Dave. Did you have something? No, I was just going to say just that what, what are the highlights of that episode? I think besides you getting the tank, that big fish at the end was just, uh, that, that, that striper bake that you guys did right there on yeah. the beach. I mean, that, that right there is about as good as it gets and something that, I would definitely want to do if I went out there and stuck a striper. I mean, a, a catch and cook like that on the beach back east, like that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, there was a few things. There was a few things. One, um, where do I even start with that one? There's some things that happened behind the camera when the camera wasn't on either. And then that big fish literally was a godsend that big one and, and even that has a story but you know so we did that skishing thing right right and, right and and we're out there and you're like you feel something bump your leg and i'm like oh this is crazy Jesus. and one time we were out there and we got caught in a rip current and it just took us out and took us out and took us out wow and uh so we start paddling back and, and literally so paul was the front and he had me by my my hood and he says okay you kick and don't even look you just kick and I'll just pull. I said, okay. So we're going and we're going and, and we weren't really making progress. And he just would tell me, don't look. And I said, why? He goes, cause you're going to get discouraged. Just don't, don't look. Oh and my God. It's a funny thing. Whenever I get in situations like that, whether it's Alaska, or whatever, where I don't want to say life threatening, but it's just really uncomfortable. And you're just kind of yeah. worried. It's funny. My brain always just goes to, I can't wait till I go to bed. I can't wait till I'm in bed. <laughs> Yeah. And so I'm out there thinking about being in bed. So there was that. But we also one night, and I don't know why I did this, because we couldn't film it. So I still can't figure out why we did it. We went out at nighttime, and we went skishing at nighttime. Mm-hmm. That's, that's crazy. And it is. It is. And it's kind of stupid. And, you know, but when you get out there and you start 
some start comparing, you know, notes and who can right. do what. He says, oh yeah, nighttime's the best time. So, so we're out in the water and I'm going, how do you know? I mean, how do you know? How do you know where you're going? What happens? He goes, okay, if we get separated, just look at the shore up on the cliff, you'll see all the houses, the lights. And as the lights go by, that's how fast the current is taking you. <laughs> and, that's crazy shit. I mean, it I've, is, I've never, it's, it's crazy, crazy and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy or stupid, but uh, yeah. So, so there was that, but, but that last fish, so that one, and it, that one's about, that was over 30 pounds, um, wow. and, but it wasn't on a fly rod. So that's why I was so impressed with, with, with that fish you got. So fish, we were done shooting. My crew had left, uh, the DP had left, sound and everything left. And we had only caught schoolies, you know, what they call rats. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we've got food and we got everything, but we don't have that fish. And, and so me and my buddy, his name is George. I've been fishing with him there, you know, 20 years now or so. And, and I've got my Nikon, whichever one I had, uh, you know, and the digital video thing on there, on the DSLRs was just coming around. So I had it and I said, um, I said, George, film. And he's not a cameraman. He's just, okay, what do you want me to do? I said, just point it this way. And we're out there and we're just catching. We're just on every cast. I'm, I'm on fire. You know, some guys around me are catching you know, every third or four, but I'm on fire. And I don't know what it is. I just, you know, when you get that vibe, when you get that flow oh, going yeah. and you're just, it's just, you're feeling it. And it's like, I'm going to, every basket I'm going to hit every basket. Yeah. So I'm just going and I'm catching, I'm catching, I'm catching, but they're all five, 10 pounds, nothing, you know. And then I hook into this thing and he's filming. And that's why if you watch the show, you'll see me pointing, pointing down. I mean, all hell just kind of broke loose. I'm down there as I got. And, uh, <laughs> And then we landed it and, you know, we we're lucky with the waves and the crashing surf. And I mean, that's all dramatic. If, mm -hmm. if it doesn't kill you, it makes good television. Right. right. So, right. so Paul's being hit by the waves and everything. And, and, and that was intense. When, that was super intense when he's down there. Like, I mean, I'm thinking he's going to get blasted off the jetty at any given yeah. moment, trying to get your fish down there. Like that was crazy yeah. to watch. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, so so we land the fish and we got it on camera and we got it on my you know my Nikon stuff and it the shoot had already been over and and we were there for a week and we didn't really land anything so I was like okay I I, I owe somebody one because this is yeah. this was not planned and it worked out so that's that's awesome. and between that and the food and just being out there it, it does it has a it has a feel to it uh, and that's why I go back every year uh, and I think cool. that's what it's all about you know and. And this is why we started this podcast is for, I mean, your seasons on the edge, like depicts, I think every cool fly fishing trip out there, you know, whether it's the Amazon or Louisiana and, you know, all these places you've gone, you know, just guys going to the Sierras for a weekend, catching the fish. Hey, you know, we're going to keep a couple. We're going to cook some later tonight. And, you know, the drinks are flowing and you guys are all bullshit and having a great time. I mean, it's for me, it's, it's that whole experience, you know, and you captured it all on film and, you know, with multiple episodes, it's so cool. It's just a, a really cool. It's like one of the best fishing <laughs> things that I've seen because it's just real life stuff. You know, there's guys busting your balls, like you said, you know, you're, you know, catching and cooking. I mean, it's awesome stuff, man. It's so cool. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you how that, I'll tell you how that happened. Kind of. I mean, I'd always wanted to, you know, when I was in the industry, I was like, I 
I want to do a fishing show. I want to do a fishing show. But I'd seen Anthony Bourdain's show when it was on public mm-hmm. television before it was, it was, I think it was called In Search of the Perfect Moon. He'd written a book and everything. And I'm going, that should be a fishing show. Yeah. That should be a fishing show where you travel the world, food and drink, but you also fish. Mm-hmm. So based on what I saw he was doing and everything, it's kind of what fired me up to like, I'm going to see if I can get this done. I'm going to see if I can get this done. So that's kind of how that happened. And yeah, it's universal. Gonna... We do it. We, we do it. That's what we do. I mean, you guys, you know, that's, that's, that's what we do. That's why we, part of, one of the many reasons on why we fish. That's funny that you touch on that because I, I did want to ask you. I mean, me and every single one of my friends that fish have talked about having, having a fishing show. And you actually, you actually did it. So, you know, bringing that to fruition is, you know, I, I think that that's, that, that, that's where the magic lies because we all talk about it. Totally. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I know a lot more now than I did when I started, and there's a lot of things I would do differently. Um, some things I kind of kicked myself in the butt for. Uh, yeah. Is it something you guys yeah, are you know, still what, what, recording? Are you still doing any? Or you what know, I want to. I really want to do it, and my my guiding in Alaska is kind of starting to come towards an end. Uh, I've done it 16 years, and there's a lot of other things now that I'm kind of shifting into. Um, so I'm going to start backing off on the guiding in Alaska. And I'd like to do the show. Um, it's just the way it ended and to get the momentum again. Um, gotcha. Cause real quickly, you know, we had a lot of momentum. We had a few good sponsors lined up. Um, big, you know, Yeti, a guy at Yeti who's now with Howler Brothers, oh. uh, wanted to sponsor. Uh, Okuma was on. Early Times Whiskey was on. Uh, we had an inside track to Costa. So, so we, we had this thing, and, you know, and these were all my contacts, and then I passed it on to an agent, oh. which was wrong of me. And next thing I know, everyone backed out. And then when I saw them later, I asked him, why'd you guys back out? He said, oh, he wanted to package it with four of his other shows. And I was like, oh, you're killing me. So, so momentum, you know, it's a momentum thing. So the momentum had stopped. I wasn't on NBC Sports anymore. And the thing is, is NBC Sports sent me, uh, I got some Nielsen numbers. And we did really good in the ratings. And I'd get emails from, you know, people saying they want to see the show and stuff. So, so the momentum stopped. Uh, I'd like to start it again. Um, I don't know if I can put in that much money out of my own pocket again like that. So that's yeah. kind of yeah stopping me. But, you know, who knows? When I'm not going to Alaska, I might have more time to kind of see what I can do about that. Because we had a lot of fun, and I think we had a good show. Um, I think, I, yeah, I love the show. I think I, <laughs> it was, it was had a really show. high production value. Yeah. yeah, we had a high production value. I had a good crew, and I had guys that make movies. So yeah. they're not fishermen, yeah. but they know how to make film. Totally. And you can tell, too, I mean, because I, I mean, yeah. I'm watching this, and, and you see so many fishing videos, and, I mean, it, it's, it's monotonous, a lot of the, the same stuff. But, I mean, the editing was, was perfect, you know, and, and just how you cut it. The trailer, you know, when you sent me, the, the trailer was so intriguing. I'm like this is this is awesome. Yeah, those those guys you had on there were were top notch for sure. It was it was really good. Yeah, 
I got really lucky on one of the episodes, uh, a cinematographer who does, he did Wayne's World, he did Blade, he does a lot of Adam Sandler stuff and everything. So he knew I was going to go to Alaska and he goes, Kenny, I want to go to Alaska. And his name's Tail. And I said, Tail, I can't pay you $100,000. I can give you $1,000. <laughs> he goes, I'll go. I want in. And I'm like, really? A thousand? And, and he's, he's a little older. And yeah. he goes, only thing I ask is at some time during the day, I get to take a 15 minute nap. <laughs> and I'm like, let's go. Let's do it. So he went and, uh, and it's funny because you can see how, how focused certain people are. We get to Alaska once in a lifetime kind of trip. These lodges are $7,000 a week. And the lodge owner goes, oh, you want a fishing license? And tail goes, why? Because you want to fish? You go, oh, oh no, I'm just, I'm filming. So all I want to do is film. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> we all need a, we all need a friend like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, yeah, dialed in. They were dialed in. So yeah, very lucky. That's so the awesome. moral of the story to all our listeners is if you want to keep the momentum going and you have personal contacts and you're trying to continue to build, don't pass things off to an agent. <laughs> Yeah, that, and at the end of the day, it's my fault. I should have just, you know, I'm not the best with the phone calls and the trying to raise money and stuff. And but I should have, I should have just, I should have just done it. I should have got on the phone. I should have talked to him. I should have said, okay, well, you know, negotiation. I should have said, just be fair. Just be yeah. fair. Right. And 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 I didn't, and I passed it on, and it ended up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all right, man. Lessons, lessons learned, you know. Yeah, for sure. That's that's yeah. what we're here for. Yeah. And, and like yeah. I said, if I get a chance, if I. If I get a chance to do it again, I, I, you know, I'm a little wiser and uh, I'll do it a little different. But, but the filming part, I think we got right. Yeah, that oh, no, totally. was great. Yeah, it was, it was super cool. And now, you got across, you got across those bridges before you know what the right moves. I, I mean, especially going into an endeavor like this, you know, I mean, obviously you look back in retrospect and you say, oh, could have done this differently, could have done that differently. But, but, but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's the, that's, that's the way of the world. Yeah, yeah. So, man, uh, yeah, go ahead, shoot away. Are we gonna drink? Yes, we are. I was just that's what I was gonna say. What are we? We're uh, I'm I'm cracking beers here. So, what are you drinking, man? This is. I've been waiting to crack open a beer. Oh, crack open your beer, man! I'm four beers in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Dave's already. (laughs) He's he's halfway done. So, what are you drinking, Ken? What do you got? No, I'm not. No, I, I, you know what? I got a butt. It's just my thing with beer is one is I want to get in honor of my father because uh, I was listening to a guy you had, Jim Curry, Courier, is that his name? Jeff Courier. Jeff Courier, yeah. Jeff Courier, yeah. He was drinking Rainier and, and I brought back a lot of memories because my dad, in there were two beers in Washington you drank. It was Rainier or Olympia. <laughs> and yeah, Olympia. Rainier was kind of the upper class young people beer and, and Olympia was the middle class, you know, workers thing. And, you know, it was nasty beer, but that's what he drank all the time. So I went looking today for some Olympian. I couldn't find any. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. He used to get it for 50 cents a can at the, at the Rod and Gun Club. That's crazy. Nice. So, but anyway, so I found, I found Bud, but I also, you know, I got some bourbons and some, because, yeah. you know, beer to me is just to quench my thirst. I, right. I'm not much of the flavor. I just, when it's cold and, and it's been hot outside, I'll, I'll have a beer to quench it. But then I like my bourbon. And I also got a, so I got a bullet bourbon. I got a, but then I've got Johnny, I'm slumming at a friend's house. 
Okay. I'm, all over the place. I'm slumming at a friend's house. So I went through his liquor cabinet and I found Bullet Bourbon, Johnny Walker Gold Label Reserve, and Johnny Walker Double Black. There we go. Hmm. So pretty good friend. So far. figured I'll do the beer. Yeah, I'll do the beer and then I'll jump into the the bourbons and the Johnny Walkers and do a taste test. Nice. Good for you, man. That's good. Actually, because <laughs> watching your, your shows and you guys doing the bourbon at the end, I was like, man, I'm going to do that too. So I have some, uh, some Buffalo Trace. I, I kind of skip around from bourbons to, you know, a little scotch, little whiskeys, whatever it is. But uh, I've been on this Japanese whiskey called Hibiki Harmony that's just so good. Kind of drinks a little bit like a scotch. Um, but maybe not. It, it's not. It's it's got a little sweeter notes to it. Doesn't doesn't taste like you're chewing on a chunk of leather, but uh, <laughs> just re really Hibiki. good. It's called Hibiki. Yeah, I'll shoot you a picture of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a Japanese whiskey, and I had it at a friend's place, and I was blown away. It took me forever to find it. Now it's kind of now I can find it at my local grocery store, but still, it's like a sixty seventy dollar bottle. But it's really good. It's yeah. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. The Japanese stuff is 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 getting pricey. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. For the last couple of years. Well, <laughs> you cool, know what I, I learned? What became my favorite is mm. um. Have you ever heard of Old Forester? I have not. So, we were sponsored by Early Times Whiskey, which is just you know middle shelf, lower shelf. Yeah. Uh, whiskey. And so we did a Kentucky episode where we went and toured the distillery and we toured the cooperage where they made the oak barrels and everything. And uh, the vice president or something, I, I don't remember what, what her position was, but she was one of the CEOs, one of the up there in, the, in, the, in, the, in that company. They'd made a, a few different bourbons and, and things. And, and uh, so I asked her, I said, you know, what's your favorite? Figuring she's gonna say early times because that's why we're there. Right. And she goes, I drink Old Forester, hmm. and they—that's also another one. I said, "Really?" She goes, "Yeah." And I was in my head. I thought, "Well, if she's kind of one of the tops in this company, and she drinks Old Forester. I'm going to give that a try." Right. And uh, yeah, I'm writing that yeah. down. Old I Forester. Oh, I never even heard of it. Maybe if I saw the bottle, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's an old Kentucky. It's an old Kentucky. Um, bourbon that's that's been around for a while nice so dave what are you cracking open i'm drinking a duet from alpine today i love that beer. which is yeah it's just I, i've kind of been away from it for a while and picked up a six pack and it's it's good it's so tried and true and i've had a lot of i've had quite a few duets in my life and it's funny i don't know i just haven't 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 been drinking it lately but but yeah very much enjoying it. It's just such a clean beer. I don't know, kind of a little bit uh, more on the pine and less on the citrus. But it's uh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's got like two varietals. It's not. It's just a really crisp, refreshing IPA. And yeah, when I'm you enjoying. Say more it. on the pine. What, is, what? When you say more on the pine, what does that mean? Well, you got like different varietals that kind of kick out different notes and different finishes when you drink beer. So, you know, like Simcoe hops will you kind of balance out a beer. Things like you have like Amarillo and Citra and Mosaic, which, you know, can. And it also kind of depends on the pulp beer process, like how long 
uh, you ferment, how long you do things can actually change the character of the beer and how it, how it, how it finishes. But uh, like Simcoe is a hop that typically balances out fruity hops. So you kind of get this kind of quintessential uh, West Coast IPA balanced kind of finish. Um, but I mean, that, that's subjective in itself. I mean, who's to even say what that is? I mean, some, you know, there's some beers that I drink that, that have, actually, I got to say most of the beers I really enjoy are either single hopped or, you know, maybe two varietals, three tops, but they just work really well and they kind of, you know, accentuate one another. Um, a lot of these beers, they'll have like six different hops in them and it just kind of, things get kind of muddy. So I tend to kind of steer away from that. And, but when you say pine, though, are we talking like, uh, I'm going to sound like an idiot. No, no. But are we talking no. about like pine needles? Yeah. Like, like yeah, tree. like it tastes like a tree, kind of like a, yeah, like a note that I actually you would associate with a pine tree. Have you ever had pine wow. needle tea? Up in, you know, All like, the time. Yeah. So just think of that. In a, in or tundra a, tea. We have tundra tea that kind of, they look like pine needles. So, so. Wow, pine needle. So what's it called? Duet? Duet. Duet from Alpine yeah. Brewing Alpine, Company. Alpine Brewing Company. Yeah, it's a tasty one. It's super. It's when I see it, they actually it's been distributed up north. So when I see it, I'll get it. It's it's so good. I really like it. it. It's a little heavy. It's like a seven percent. You know, a couple of those beers in your I mean you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, which is the objective. Yeah. So Ken, Ken, how did you even get into fishing? Period. Like, where does the story start? Um, let me pull up my bourbon or my scotch before I start. Yeah, man. Wh which one should I start with? Bullet, gold label, or double black? Go double black. I want to know what that is like. I think I've had just the black, but I never heard of double black. I think it's a reason for them to charge more. Really, <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh, here we go. You know. Um, what is that? Is that peat moss or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. It tastes like moss. <laughs> I would say peat moss. Yeah, that works for me. Perfect. Um, so fishing. How did I start fishing? Is that the question? Yeah. How did you start fishing? Yeah, I was born into it. Uh, my dad, you know, he's from Kentucky and, you know, he used to say how they used to catch fish and hunt rabbits and stuff. And that's what they would eat. I mean, I, I you know, I saw his family tree and they, they were like sharecroppers and everything. So they weren't, they weren't rich. So, you know, he, but he loved it too. He loved to hunt, he loved to fish. So he was a military guy, but wherever we were stationed, uh, when he wasn't overseas, Vietnam or whatever, Korea, he was, the, the the game warden of that army of that area so like in fort lewis washington he was the game warden for fort lewis washington okay um which was cool because then we got to live on american lake it's a big lake there so you know he fished and i just would be around fishing and everything and and, and so i just always fished i remember you know the first fish i remember catching i was like nine years old uh, first fish i remember being around was a catfish that he caught on a trot line and I was probably like five years old. Wow. Um, 
What was your first yeah. fish that you caught at nine years old? What kind of fish? I caught, <laughs> I cried. Uh, <laughs> my brother and I were fishing on the dock and they had, they called, we called them goggle eye. And I, what they were, they're rock bass, but we called them goggle eye. And my brother caught one and then I caught one and mine had a crooked eye. He looked sickly. <laughs> and I remember crying because mine had a crooked eye. And it wasn't as good looking as my brother's. Um, oh, dude, that's funny. The yeah. stuff you cry about when you're a kid. I know, but the stuff you remember, too. You know what I mean? Like, your first fish, you totally remember. Like, you know, crooked eye, you cry. Yeah. It's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, the so yeah, the, I just grew up the, into it. And then when the fly rod show up? The fly rod showed up at about... 11 or 12 years old. Um, yeah, I remember specifically. So, so, you know, my dad just had fishing stuff, gear. He had rifles, fishing poles and everything. And, and you know how back in the day, I think, they still might do it today, in the garages, they would have those J-hooks hanging from the ceilings and they'd put all their fishing rods up there. Yeah. And they just, they'd hang their rods up there. And, and you know, I'd look up there and he had all these different rods, but he always had like, two or three fiberglass fly rods up there. So I knew what they were. Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, you know, but we never used them. And I said, okay, wow. And then I, I sometimes I'd watch uh, the American Sportsman or something and I'd see them using a fly rod. And I said, oh, that's kind of cool. But again, you know, we, we would throw a spinning rod or a bait casting rod. And then I remember, and my dad, you know, that generation of parents, they weren't real hands-on. It's like, you know, you just go do what you do. Um, so I remember reading like an outdoor life or a field and stream. And there was an article in there about fly fishing for bass. And they didn't do a lot of fly fishing articles, but once in a while they would. So I read this article on how, you know, fly fishing for bass. And it had that cliche or that, or iconic picture of the bass jumping out of the lily pads with the, with the, um, you know, bug in his mouth or something like yeah. that, a popping bug. Yeah. And, and I was like, that's Squalachoo Lake. We had a lake down there that's called Squalachoo that looked just like that with the lily pads and everything. So I reached up there and I grabbed the fiberglass fly rod. Um, I went through my dad's stuff and I found a bunch of popping bugs. And, and I remember that was familiar to me because they were just like miniature versions of a hula popper. You know what a hula popper yeah, is? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Exactly. Iconic. Yeah, and that black and yellow one, the black and yellow yeah. one that looked like the bumblebee color. So yeah. Yeah, miniature versions of that. So I said, okay, I, I know how to do that. So me and my friend, my neighbor, I guess, we went out in this, you know, there's an old rowboat and we went out to Squalachoo Lake and I, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing, no instruction, but I just knew that, you know, I tied on the, the popping bug and I just knew I had to get it over there and just pop it back and, and didn't catch any bass, but we caught a lot of bluegill and, and, oh, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that kind of, so that was about and 11 that's where it 12 and it just, yeah, and and you know, and then you you know, I'd look for more magazine articles about it and stuff like that, and then I started watching um, Jerry McInnes, the fishing hole, and every oh, once in a while yeah, he'd I, pull out a fly rod. I think I remember that show. Man, that was wild. Oh, that was such a good show. That was such a good show. He did the same thing. Now that I think about it, wow, I never thought about that. The influence he would he would 
you know, he would take it easy, go slow. He would, he would go to people's and eat food and talk about the travel and stuff. And, and it just wasn't about pitching the worm in and, you know, getting a big right. rocket kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was about um, the whole experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I just would fish a fly rod, whatever, whenever chance I got. And then I really got into the physical part of it because, you know, it's kind of like athletics to me. So yeah. Yeah. There's those fiberglass fly rods hanging on the ceiling. Dude, that's awesome. It's crazy that you, you know, went for warm water species right off the bat. Like that was the kind of the, the hook that got you in where most of the people it's like, Oh, you know, they see the fly rod and you know, the mine goes to trout. And you said this was you're in Washington at, during this time. Yeah. Uh, on Fort Lewis, but man, yeah. bass fishing, catching a largemouth bass was everything. Oh, I dude. was like, yeah, and yeah. I think that has to do with my dad, you know, my dad being a good old boy from Kentucky. It's like, yo, <laughs> bass fishing. Yeah. We, we fish for bass and, and, uh, uh, to this day, still, I love throwing poppers out for bass. Oh, dude, you can't, oh, it's you the can't best. beat it, man. I know. I was just right before you came on, I, I went and fished the Delta. Have you fished the Delta? I have not. And I've been trying to okay. uh, find my make... way up there somehow or another. Uh, well, you, you got an invite and uh, you got a place to stay and we'll get you on the Delta. So I got quite a few, whether we want to chase stripers or we want to chase bass, um, even carp. We, we got, we got connections. Um, I got, I was, so I was just on the Delta last night with a friend of mine. He's got an oh. aircraft carrier of a bass boat and we were jonesing for the evening bite. We, we went out like maybe three weeks ago and he's a fireman. So he's, he's fairly busy. And we just kind of, we set this date kind of out in the future. Like, Hey, you know, we have this evening that works for both of us. Let's make it happen. So, you know, when you have those dates, How'd you guys do? <laughs> How'd you do? We, we caught two fish. And it was that's so better than kicking windy. the butt. It was so. I mean, it was crazy windy. Um, we went to certain areas that we were thinking, okay, we're going to get some reprieve from the wind. Not at all. I mean, it was just coming. What were you chasing? Well, largemouth bass. So we were there just really for the golden hour of topwater fishing. So um, I went out. And I had kind of a that's little a bit of a, oh, dude, it, it was and it was actually I'll tell you about about the eat, but it was that that was what's made the trip you know, uh, worth it for me. But I got there, we were, I was throwing a little bit of a bigger uh, bait fish pattern, top water pattern, or just kind of, doesn't really walk the dog, but it just kind of looks like it's just not doing well on the surface. So I had a few misses, a couple big swirls. And, and, and then like I said, the wind's <sighs> just, just, and then we're like, oh, the wind's going to die down. And it just kept ramping up. I mean, I'm, I mean, as far as I can cast into the wind, you know, with the big, you know, wind resistant fly. It was, it was difficult and trying to get it to the bank. But anyway, so my buddy hooks one and it was, you know, a decent one, maybe about a pound. And then, um, it's like, we were almost getting to the last little bit of light. Um, the sun's already set and I throw the popper out there and I'm, I'm just watching it. Cause it's just been the same thing over, you know, for the last hour, just watching the popper come back to me. And this fish just explodes on this fly. I mean, just comes completely out of the water, at least two fish lengths out of the water, goes right back in. I mean, scared me. I was like, oh, you know, rod goes up. I'm bent on this fish. I mean, it was, it was cool. He broke water a couple more times. He was probably about three and a half pounds, four pounds, but just mm -hmm. I mean, one of those cool top water takes that you're like, okay, yeah, this is why we came out. You know, even though we only had one, you know, one fish each, it was still worth it. But typically on a day, like if we didn't have any wind and we could keep the boat where we wanted, 
and hit certain yeah. areas that we want. I mean, we would have had a killer, a killer evening. But yeah, you're. Now you our no stripers, our stripers happening right now. You know, the stripers are in the rivers right now. So this is the the transition period. So we're still seeing stripers uh, up in all the basically the tributary to the America or to the Sacramento River. Uh, the Feather River, the Yuba, American, all those right. will have fish. And even some of the rivers down south, they, and they'll have resident fish in there. But then that striper action is going to kick on in the Delta here in September. So, I mean, we can, in that time frame, yeah, we can get a mixed bag. You know, we can do some, uh, if the temperatures are still right, we can definitely chase stripers and, or I mean, chase uh, largemouth and then go stripers. But what's super cool, I mean, if you've never been on the Delta, you, you got to go, just for the experience. It's, I've never fished, you know, down in Louisiana, but like looking at, you know, just the footage the, of people, you know, fishing for reds and you're in the marsh and you're all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's basically what it is. You're, it's just this huge wetlands of an area and it's just cuts and, you know, lakes hidden inside other areas that you're just yeah. chasing fish on. I mean, it's, it's a super cool fishery and you have, you know, largemouth bass, you have carp, stripers, I mean, it, you know, there's sturgeon in there. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. You know, salmon run through there. To, to I almost felt like, you know, I almost felt like I should live, I should have, instead of lived, living in LA, I should have lived up in uh, Northern California. Yeah. This, this is a, it's this got is so much more to spot. offer. The Delta is just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, from, you know, you can go chase fish in the surf. You can, you know, fish in the delta um you could you're two hours from the sierras i mean you just got everything within you know uh, you can do it all in the same day if you wanted to which is crazy oh, yeah. you could start at the surf in the morning fish the delta midday and then get the evening hatch in the sierras so that, that would be a show you should do that well i gotta yeah oh there's so many shows i wanted to do that i still have in my head that that L like where ken you know what I okay. I'm not gonna steal your one, ideas. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, no, look, hey, trust me. If you want to steal them, steal them. Okay, so one is I want to do one in Cuba. And uh -huh. and then in Cuba, fish, 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 and then I wanted to go to a small place, food, drink, and we have live salsa music. Just mm. a live band going. And you know, pretty Latinas and the drinking <laughs> and the food and everything. And then the band gets going with the music and stuff like that. Um wanted to do that uh i wanted to go to green bay get some ice fishing to oh, catch a bunch shit. of fish cool. and then to do and yeah and to, then to do a um uh uh what is that thing they call before football games out in the parking lot tailgating yeah yes i wanted to do like a tailgating episode where we're, we're in wisconsin ice fishing and those they got those crazy cabin huts that they've yeah. set up um and then, Sip some and then hooch. Take it. <laughs> yes, and then and then next thing you know, you catch a bunch of fish and you're tailgating before a Green Bay Packers game. Yeah, that would be cool, man. Fish fry. Do they tailgate? Then I want to do. Do they I'm, tailgate? I, dude, that was a joke. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Dude. Yeah, <laughs> it was a joke. Get your shit together. And then I wanted to do Charleston, South Carolina, with the food and the redfish. Oh, that'd be amazing. And, uh, they're big into fly fishing there, so I wanted to do that. When was the last time, what was the last fly fishing outing that you had, Ken? What was the last fish that you took on a fly rod? Uh, a brown, a number of brown trips. So I don't live in LA. I live in West Virginia. I live in the mountains of West Virginia. 
Nice. Uh, I'm only in Los Angeles because my fiance is here and I'm going to take her out of here and, and, and uh, never let her return. Take her back yeah. to the country. Yeah. Well, no, there's, there's a few things coming up, but, but one of them will be West Virginia. So the property I have in West Virginia, uh, there's a trout stream that goes to my property and it's a good trout stream. And right when I left, it was right in the middle of the cicada hatch. Cicadas oh were gosh. everywhere. I'm telling you, man, they're just falling out of the oh, trees. So the all you had to do was tie on something that was big and buggy, like a bug that had hit the window or something, and yeah. just float it downstream. <laughs> and they were just gorging on these cicadas. And they were all over these cicadas. Uh, it was cool because sometimes I'd catch a cicada and I'd just throw it out there and watch it float. And um, I get eaten. Oh, dude. And I'd say, okay, I know where you are. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I, when I was in West Virginia before I came back here like a month ago, a few weeks ago, um, I was just, every day I'd get up, go down to the stream and, and just hike the stream and, and, and catch the browns. Dude, that's uh, nice. awesome. That's a great this way to, to quarantine, man, during all this craziness. So that's where you, because I remember I, when I reached out to you, you were in West Virginia. You're going to be there for, it actually was during that whole kind of shutdown phase. So that's perfect for you. My nearest neighbor in West Virginia is a mile away. My mailbox is three quarters of a mile away. That's awesome. That's the way it should be. So <laughs> nice and spread out. Yeah. Well, but what's coming breathe. up is, um, is at the end of this, we're in July, August. Yeah. At the end of August, uh, we're moving. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep the property in West Virginia because it's not expensive and it's done. Yeah. It's paid for and everything, and it's just it's this beautiful piece. But so I'm taking my fiance, and we're gonna move to Charleston, South Carolina. Nice. Yeah. It's supposed to be amazing. Yeah, I've always wanted to spend some time in the Carolinas. I haven't made it out. I've only been to the north, and you said that there's it's pretty pretty good fly fishing down in South Carolina. A lot of people doing it. South Carolina, South Carolina and Beaufort. So they're, they've got a big fly fishing community and it's all centered around redfish. Mm. Uh, low mm. country. It's called low country. Yeah. yeah Alex and, won't do it if there's not a it, bunch of other people doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so there's just, a, you know, it's, it's the fishery there. It's a pretty amazing fishery and it's a great little city and it's like six hours away from West Virginia, seven hours. So, so we decided or at least I convinced her. Nice. Um, go to Charleston. You know, I think we're going to rent for a while, and then we might buy a house in Beaufort because it's less crowded, and the fishery is even more, you know, uh, more impressive. And it's just chasing redfish. Have you guys ever fished for chased reds? Sight no, fish for I have wanted not. to. Just haven't yeah. done it yet. I know, and then, like you went with Greg, and I got a, a lot of people that I know really well that go fish with Greg. And it's like, that's, that's the guy. That's the dude I need to go yeah. fish with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's addicting because it's, it's hunting and fishing combined. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and my favorite is, is when you get to pull a boat up and you get to get out and then just kind of walk the flat and sight yeah. fish. That's, that's my favorite because then I really feel connected. I feel connected to the area I'm fishing. I feel connected to the ground and, yeah. the sight fish for them. Um, yeah, that's the ultimate there's, right there. There's nothing better than fishing on foot. Fishing on foot is fishing a flat on foot. I think is the best way to fish, personally. But. Yeah, I agree. And rivers too. I feel connected to rivers when I can wade them and oh, for sure. Just kind of take my time with them. 
Have you got a redfish on the fly yet? Yes, I have. Uh, it's nice. funny because the realtor I've chosen, I chose him because he fly fishes. And, nice. uh, so when I went down there last time to kind of look around and kind of get a sense of, you know, you can get a sense of what I was looking for. We also planned a day where he'd take me out and go chase reds. Um, nice. So yeah, no, it, it's, it's fun. Um, I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it's, it's easier than, especially when they're on, you know, like in, when they're on, yeah. you know, if you can place the cast there, if you can get it about 40, 30, 40, 50 feet, you can place it there. And you know, when they're on, they'll just, they'll hit it, they'll jump it. So. And I think, it, I mean, just yeah. like watching the video, you know, I know you were conventional fishing, but you know, the guys, the people that I've talked to, they're, they just, they're just willing to eat anything, you know, whether it's, you know, stick bait or it's a fly and it's a top water, it's a visual game. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And that's what has been attracting me to go down there and, and fish for them because like everything we said, you know, it's chasing them on foot or the visual eat and seeing them move and stalking them. I mean, th there's no other way that I would rather fish. It's the way to do it. So what I've kind of, what I've kind of promised myself is this, and, and the, the deal I've made with myself is, um, I'm gonna buy a boat uh, in a couple of years, you know, after we get settled, someone get me a, a, a boat. Cause this is just what I wanna do. I, you know, after I'm done guiding, I just wanna, I wanna chase reds and, and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll be good. So I'm gonna get a boat and it's going to be open to my friends people that you know I, like you guys you're on the list nice talk and everything and, and stuff and no money exchanged I, i'm not guiding i'm not worried about what you it's just we're fishing we're just guys yeah. going out fishing and especially the no money exchange i don't have to deal with worried about whether oh we have to catch you know i've got to get right no we're just going to go out chase reds come back in between tides Grab something to drink, something to eat, go back out and uh, just make a day of it. And that's kind yeah. of the deal I've made. It's like, that's what I want to do. Yeah, that sounds awesome. We're guiding sounds, just, yeah. That sounds perfect. Like, yeah, so, you know. That's a perfect day right there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward fish to it. No fish. That's awesome, man. Well, good for <laughs> you, dude, for getting out of LA, man. That's awesome. Um, and then being able to have that West Virginia retreat that's only six hours away. I mean, what a perfect getaway. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Salt to fresh, private water, brown trout. You know, spaders. if you knew, it's crazy. So I ended up getting 54 acres in the mountains. Wow. On a trout stream, and if you knew the price of what that stuff goes for, uh, you can't buy a bathroom in Los Angeles for what I paid <laughs> for 54 acres. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, that's unreal. You got to get it while the getting's good, man. Like, I don't know yeah. how much longer that's going to be the case. So you got to capitalize on that stuff. I mean, I know there's a lot of places now that are like, you know, they were totally under the radar and now they're total hotbeds, like, you know? So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Good for you. Good on you for cashing in on, I mean, those investments are just, you know, they're, they're timeless and you know, they, sure. I don't know. I think that's probably the best expenditure of money, you know, buying a nice place out, some solitude some yeah. tranquil place where you can go have peace of mind because I feel like the world is sucking more and more of that <laughs> out of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just the privacy and, and you know what? The fishing, like to fish. Oh, totally. Just, yeah. Whenever you want, you can't beat that. You can't beat it. Um, for sure.
Nice. Well, Ken, dude, I'm going to have to send you this. I'm, I just cracked open my, I sent a text to my kids and said, told, told them to bring my whiskey. So I forgot to bring it into the room where I record this. But uh, so yeah, it's called Hibiki. It's a, it's called Harmony because it's a blend of their, their top whiskeys. Um, but it's Suntory is the name of the distillery. And I'll shoot you a picture. I mean, I know Suntory. Yeah, so Suntory, they, they have a couple different ones. I mean, they make so like an 18-year, they make a 12-year. They make one that's a little low-end that I'm not a super fan of, but this Harmony one is just so good. And, and drink it neat or, or on ice or whatever. It is It's so smooth. But, yeah, I'll send you a picture of it, and uh, you can find it. Hey, do you, go to, uh, do you go to Japanese restaurants very much, either of you? I, I yeah, I love, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't not so much too, now, too many, but I do. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever ordered yellowtail collar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had. It's the yeah, best it's part. It is the best. Because I'm thinking about that with the whiskey. Yeah, yellowtail oh, collar. Um, if you can what find is, that what is the name? So I just had this conversation. Was it the last? Podcast? Anyway, what, what, do, what do they call it in the Japanese restaurant? There's a name for it. Hamachi. Hamachi yes. collar. Well, the hamachi, that's the yellowtail. Hamachi is yellowtail, but there's a, uh, there's a name for the collar. I don't know. Fuck. I just call it the hamachi collar. Hamachi culture, yeah. Dang it. <laughs> I, anyway, but there, I've been now, now, this is twice now, I can't remember it. But so I used to lead <laughs> trips when I lived down in San Diego. I used to lead trips down into Mexico and we would catch yellowtail. And when the guy, the deckhands would be whipping fillets out i'm like saving the collar saving the collar and it's it's hamachi kama that's what it's called hamachi kama yeah yes k-a-m-a 100 yes got it yeah the it is so good and i even had i'm sure in alaska like the alaskan they do the the salmon um salmon collar yeah salmon collar too i mean it's just that fatty you know it's like the belly fat it's just so rich and so good Oh, dude, hamachi kama is fantastic. Well, here's, the, here's another one. So in Alaska, we're filleting all the salmon all the time. Yeah. And guys are just throwing the bellies away, or they keep them for halibut bait. Yeah. And so one year I said, you know, because every year we bring back boxes of salmon, 40-pound boxes. And I said, give me, the, give me the bellies. Just give me the bellies. Throw them in the box. Um, yeah. I think the salmon belly, I'll throw it on a grill. Butter, uh -oh. salt, and pepper. You there, man? That's it. Yeah. yeah. We lost you my hand. Oh, there you are. We kind of lost you a little bit. Oh. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, so I'll just throw the salmon belly on the grill, butter, salt, pepper, and then I'll just eat it with my hand like a hot dog. Uh. And the salmon belly, to me, is the best part. It's so good. Well, you said halibut, yeah, too. Right? Like, how, how about halibut cheeks? I mean, a lot of people, yeah. you know, you get a, you get a halibut, you get a halibut better than 26, 27 inches. You can get a nice little scallop yeah. off that cheek, you know, let alone oh. a 50 or 60 or hundred or 200 pound fish. I mean, that cheek meat is some of the best. <laughs> it is the best. I have yeah, the best really halibut cheek story. So, uh, it's probably, I don't know, more than 10 years ago, I did this hunting trip and we went 20 miles in on horseback and I went with two seasoned hunters and I was just kind of getting into the game a little bit and we're chasing, we're, we're going to go hunt deer. So we went to this one spot that some guy had gone to 
the horse back Where is trail. This? So this was, it's just north of Yosemite Park. So we're, we- Okay, so it's California. Okay. Yeah, so we're in, I'm sorry, yeah. So we're in California, we're just north of Yosemite Park, because we, where we stayed, it actually, we camped at Huckleberry Lake, so we're at 10,000 plus feet, and you just walk over the ridge and you're, I mean, we're, we're above the timberline, and um, you walk just up above the ridge and you're in Yosemite. So we were just hunting right below it. And um, I mean, just a beautiful area. The horseback ride was insane just to get back there. And there's parts where it's like, I had to get off the horse because I, I didn't trust the horse or myself to, to walk on this like, you know, granite ledge. But we had one night, uh, one of the guys, cause you get to pack all your stuff in. So we ate just really well. Like every night we just had fantastic food because the mules packed all our stuff in, but we had halibut cheeks. We sauteed halibut cheeks and garlic one evening. Oh my God, 10,000 feet. It was the wow. best. Yeah, in California. Wow. Yeah. That might be the only time that's ever happened. That's what we said. We were up there. We were like, I bet you wow. nobody's ever had halibut cheeks, you know, at 10,000 feet. Anyway. And food like, just tastes better out there. Oh, it food was. Food just the, tastes better out there. It does, man. We had some of the best food. And I remember we just I'll tell you had. Something. Uh, go ahead. No, no, finish, finish. No, I just, like I said, I just remember we, we brought one 12-pack of uh, beer, and the rest was just whiskey. We just had, we had whiskey. Oh, man. You know, for the, for the, and then we would make tango. We had whiskey, and we had another, I can't remember, I think maybe vodka, because it snowed. So then we were getting the snow, and then we made tang, which is, I don't even know what's in tang, but we were, that was our mixer for the, for the week. Sure. What do you mean tang the orange drink? Tang the orange drink, the powder drink that we would mix. And then, I love that stuff. That would be our mixture for I, vodka. <laughs> I love that stuff. For the longest time at this one lodge I worked at, which really didn't want to spend very much money on the guys as far as <laughs> food and everything. More, every morning we had to drink Tang. That was our, you know. There you go. That was your vitamin C. Loaded with ice, and I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. But so I'll tell you, so check this out. Yeah. Check this out. So one thing we get in, in Alaska. So the two lodges in this particular area, Across the bay there, and this is freshwater, a freshwater lake, Lake Iliamna. Across the bay, there's a village of natives, native Alaskans. Uh, it's like 35, 40. And they do a lot of sustenance, uh, hunting and fishing, uh, you know, moose and, and, and salmon. And that's what they live off gotcha. during the winter and everything. And they would smoke the salmon. They would smoke it in strips. Mm. And I got to become friends with some of them, and they would give me these plastic bags full of smoked salmon. And this is the bright orange dripping with the oil and everything. Mm. And we like once in a while, we'd get a day off. We're like, guys go fishing. You know, we didn't have any clients, so whatever, just go fishing. And we would just take, we wouldn't take anything else. Just take a bottle of water and the smoked salmon. It's, it's almost a jerky, but it's softer than a jerky. And it's just oily rich it's just delicious and and yeah they'd smoke it right there in these old wooden shacks and everything and the you know, families have been doing it for you know years and yeah, that's awesome that's uh yeah yeah that smokes him it's good stuff that's killer so where are you guiding right now and are you i mean you're so you're at a buddy's place but is this season done just because of the whole covid thing for no guiding, or yeah we're almost almost some okay. lodges are starting late some lodges they're not as busy. Uh, <clears throat> where I kind of am with this one particular lodge is, uh, I told them I'd be on call for them. So 
I don't want to do the four months anymore because I've got getting married. I'm moving right. to South Carolina. I'm going to build a cabin in West Virginia and stuff. Um, but I still have my Coast Guard license, and I know that river really well. So inevitably, during the season, someone drops out. Someone doesn't work out. Someone needs a break or whatever. And I said, just call me, and you know, I'll, I'll come up there if you need me for a week. If you need me for a month, two months. Like last time was two months. Um, I just can't do more than that. Uh, this year, what was supposed to happen was, um, because of you know my my thing with photography, there was a bear trip where you float down the river and you go through this. Uh, have you ever heard of Moraine Creek? I have not. I have not. No. Okay, it's it's a known creek there with big rainbows, but also you're 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 stepping in between bears all over the place, oh and gosh. and uh, in fact, so much so that they have these. There's a guy up there that does tour bear guiding for photographers around from around the world, National Geographic. Everybody come up and go with this guy. So because there's so many bears, so we were supposed to do a raft trip where I'm going to take two families down and we're going to camp amongst the bears and do photos and stuff. Uh, I was looking forward to doing that, um, but I think they were. I don't know where they're coming from, but now it's on hold, and I think it's because of the COVID thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, so kind of I'm on call. Uh, I'm going to do that for a few years. And then once I get the South Carolina thing going and I'm fishing and everything, I, I you know, I might take some friends up there, some groups and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've been doing it 16 years. I'm kind of kind of slowing down, I think, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get a few more years in, I'd be good. Because it's hard to leave Alaska, though. That's the problem. It gets in your blood, man. And good. There's some things I won't miss, but there's some things I really, really, really miss. You, you, Alex, you have a jet boat, right? I do. Yeah, I just bought a jet boat last year. Operating the jet boat on that river, going up and down the river, is one of the best feelings in the world. Really? Now I'm going to miss that a lot. Yeah. So you haven't been this year, right? Is that no. Correct? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And the lodge usually has four or five guides. I think right now they're going on two guides uh, because they just don't have very many people. Dude. Yeah, I, I love it up there. Yeah, I'm, that's one place I have not been, but I know you Dave, you, you've been there. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I went it, up there. Go ahead. Dave, you went up there? Yeah, I've been a couple times. I went fresh out of high school and I uh, fished uh, for, I think I was up there a couple weeks. And then I went recently, my mom had always wanted to go. So my wife and I took her up there and we were up there for a week. We rented a, we rented a, a cool little cabin right on a lake in Soldatna. It was cool. It had some Northern pike in it. Caught my first Northern pike on, on the fly. And uh, we went down and fished uh, the confluence of the Kenai and the Moose River and caught some silvers. The fishing wasn't really on fire when we were there. We tried to time it perfectly, but I guess there's a week or two of fluctuation from season to season. So it, it's kind of, we wanted to go up there and try and get all four salmon species, but um, unfortunately that year it just wasn't really happening when we were up there. But we still had fun. We caught some fish. It was cool. Did you, have you caught any of the rainbow trout up there? No, no, I haven't caught any of the rainbow trout up there. Just, uh, just some silvers. Actually, silvers are the only thing I've caught in Alaska, and halibut. I've caught silvers halibut. are. Silvers are my favorite of all the salmon. Silvers are my favorite. But really, if you if you get into the interior, 
out on the tundra of those rivers where the sockeye come up, I, it'll ruin you. Those, those rainbow trout, they're, they're wild and they're big. They'll ruin you. Right. And uh, I heard an episode that you guys did where you said you wanted to catch char. Yeah. 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 Arctic char is on my, like a big, totally. like a big, a big spawn. Big old truck. Dolly Barton. Yeah. Yeah. Just. So what, what, what's your definition of big? How many inches? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to get like, I'd be happy with, if I got a fish, you know, somewhere around 30 inches, I'd be fired up. Okay. So the one, so this one river that, that the lodge is on, it's called the Iliamna River. Um, I think I'm correct in saying that it's the only designated trophy char river in Alaska. Uh, I'm not 100% that it's the only one, but I think it's the only one. I, I, I do know that it is designated as trophy char because I was there fishing it before it was designated. And then the biologist came in and they did studies and stuff. And now it's designated trophy char. So uh, on average, we catch 27 inch, 28 inch by the numbers. On average, uh, 30, Jesus. My, biggest, my biggest is 34 inches. Yeah, um, see, that's a trophy fish. Yeah, but on average, we catch, you know, they're easily 24, 26, 27 inch char. Wow. And because it's protected, you know, you can't keep the, the place is just stuffed with them. Wow. Build up with them. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. brookies have always been my favorite trout species. I mean, just in terms of sheer beauty. Like, if I catch like a spawned out brook trout, there's nothing I would rather. I mean, it, it just awe inspiring, you know, just lit up, just purple and yellow color is crazy red and white yeah they're just so the chars have always the char the char family have always kind of held a special special plate place in my heart i suppose but yeah that's a big arctic would be amazing and honestly if i got a 26 27 inch spawned out buck i'd be fire i'd be a top of the world yeah that's it's crazy if they're because they're orange and you know especially in the fall they get that color the orange and everything but they also have a blue there's a blue that goes with them yeah. that it just doesn't look real when you when you see it in a fish um, right that's awesome man you guys want to hear a quick story i'll tell you totally a quick story before yeah for sure that. so one year i was going up and down the river and this is before it became designated and <laughs> talk about a job there are these three guys up there just out of college and their job was with the alaska fishing game was to catch char and tag them all day. <laughs> and nice. they didn't net them, they caught them with the fly rod. That's, wow. That was their job. I want that for, job. For a yeah. whole month, they would get up, they'd go up the river, fly fish for char, tag them, and at the end of the day, they'd go down there to the cabin on the river and, and, and they got paid. Dude. Yeah, that's amazing. Didn't have to take guests out or nothing, just, <laughs> just got to fly fish for char in Alaska. Oh so my gosh! And get a check. Yeah, totally. I would take that job right now. I heard Greenland. I like, <laughs> Greenland is supposed to be a crazy Arctic char fishery. Like uh, Greenland is supposed to be a really big time destination to go for amazing Arctic fishing. Um, so I've heard. I don't really know that much about it. But. And that Upper East Coast, like too, to up that. into Canada too, right? I don't know if you've done anything up that way, but yeah, you know, they, they get a big uh, rookie run up there. I mean, we're talking. Yeah, monster brookie up there, sea run brookie. And I know, I know a pilot that uh, does volunteer work 
orphanage or some, something in Russia. He goes, so he flies to Russia all the time from Alaska. And he says, there's creeks and rivers that, that he's stopped because, you know, he has his tundra plane that, you know, aren't listed on the map or whatever. He says the char in there are just oh unheard of. God. Yeah, I can imagine. And, uh, I think Russia just kind of got on the map, period, I think in the last 10 or 15 years, I think. But, yeah, that's a lot of unspoiled wilderness out there. That was going to be, this guy's telling me about these creeks and these rivers that where he says, yeah, we'll go up to Russia and we can just stop and, you know, and that was going to be an episode. Oh, dude, that would have been okay. awesome. I know. Dude, you still gotta, can be. Still can you got to get this thing going again. Yeah, because, man. I mean, you got some good ideas in terms of locations to go and, you know, you put a good spin on it. Yeah, man. Talk to those contacts back at the, you know, we'll, I'll put my, put my feelers out too, man. Well, I'll help you out. We'll put like you know, a, I wanted we'll to, me, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. One thing I noticed because I started getting a lot of emails was people wanted more food stuff. And I was like, okay, I'd like to do that next season. Put more food, more food and drink. Yeah. I would, I'd be so down with that. And like I said, that, that's my big thing. I mean, I love the food aspect of it for sure. I mean, like in the Amazon you know, episode, you guys cooking, the you know the peacock and then doing um the piranhas i mean dude that was just, dude and then you making your own grill from the timber that you're cutting down dude it's yeah dude, so cool those guys are talented i'll tell you what that piranha yeah panfish white flaky panfish yeah that was it yeah it was it was really good you know another episode you made me think it was i want to do it up north in those maybe like the, the Umqua or the Rogue or whatever, okay. those really mossy rainforest rivers. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That coast All that stuff. moss and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, yeah that'd be yeah, awesome. Dude. We'll that'd see. Killer. But I, nice. I think that, that food aspect of, of it is, is definitely killer. I mean, yeah, those streamside meals, you can't beat it, dude. I mean, it's just, that's like the best time to eat anything. You know, I remember you know, like going yeah. down to you and catching fish and then, you know, getting one into the, to the chef on the boat, he chills it. And then we got, you know, pokey or sashimi, you know, that evening. I mean, it's just, you, you can't beat it. It's so. Especially, especially because you've earned it. Right. You've earned it. Yeah. That's your fish, man. I earned this and the ritual of, you know, cleaning it and cutting it and, and Yeah. That's it. That's what I got from that Montauk episode you did was if I was going to script my last day on earth, it might very well be go get a striper, you know, on the fly if I could. Yeah. And, you know, cook it on the beach in tin foil over a campfire. I mean, that's what, you know, that definitely, it struck a chord with me. That's, that's, that's good. Can you believe that? Can you believe that guy busted my chops on how to flay that fish? I know. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he so did. Funny. He did bust your chops. <laughs> His name is Gary. His name is uh, Gary, and he's a great fisherman. He's caught in two 50-pound fish, but he busted my chops. Okay, fine, great, funny yeah. TV show, haha. Yeah. Then on a message board, on some of those guys on the Striper guys on the East Coast, or maybe even on YouTube, I don't know, maybe on YouTube, a guy goes, he can't even fillet a fish. <laughs> He's busting my chops. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you can't reason. do anything right. Once you put it out there, dude, you can't do anything right. When you're the host, yeah. like you're a you're just a big just target, basically. Yeah. 
<laughs> Especially back east. I mean, that's all those guys do is talk shit anyways. They live for that yeah. stuff. You know, it's just a way of life. That's too like. funny. Well, killer. Well, Ken, wow. dude, this has been awesome, man. I was stoked to, to get you on when I, you know, kind of touched base with you a little bit. Uh, this spring, but I'm so glad that we got you on. I mean, the stories and, you know, just the documentation of, you know, what you've done with Season on the Edge, that's super cool. But yeah, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate uh, you talking with us. This has been cool. Yeah, Ken, thanks, for, um, thanks for coming on. Let's all three of us keep in touch. Um, you guys have, have an invite to come to Trump. Seriously, and I'm, this is just, I'm, I mean, I'm being completely serious. Come fish redfish. I, I'll yeah. get in the boat here in the year or so. I'm down. We'll set that up. I'll come back here and I'll, I'll chase uh, fish in the Delta. And yes. God, maybe catch a striper in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, you right. never know, man. It's a long shot, but I mean, you know, it could happen. <laughs> you, could, you could find out. There, I'm sure there's some people there that probably, you know, kind of under the radar know when they might cruise down there. I know that happens a little north. You know what I'd like to I, catch? I'd like that? to catch a corp. Is that how you said a corbina? Yeah. A corbina. I saw, I saw, yeah, I saw a few fish working today. I fished, I fished today and uh, there were a few. I've never caught one. I don't know anything about those guys, but I, yeah. I, I'd like to do that one day. I'll be yeah. down there in San Diego. So we'll fish with Dave, but corbina definitely on your list, but the top of the list is a spot fin croaker. So that is in the drum family. I mean, they, they look like, Cousins of the redfish. Wow. Cousins so of the redfish. Oh, so yeah, are the redfish. They're all croaker. They're all white sea but, bass. Croaker. One more croaker. thing. Yeah. One more thing before we go. Do yeah. you think you guys could have – this is something I would sign up for. I, I want to do it so bad, and I really don't know how to put it together. Do you think you guys would be into putting together, chasing those rooster fish in Baja, you know, when they run down the beach and everything? Uh-huh. We have a lot of friends that do that. Yeah. I would think if we could get a group of guys to do that – I would sign up. We can make that happen second. too. I, I want to do that so bad. Yeah, we could totally make that happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, do that. Cool. Yeah, there's definitely a, cool. We're with our time in San Diego and some people. The guy that we had uh, right on uh, this uh, last episode we just recorded with Jeff Solis. He's kind of one of the guys that uh, one of the early guys that was doing that. Chasing those roosters on the yeah, on the fly. one of the OGs. We can make we can make Honestly, that happen. Honestly, if you put a patch together, if it costs, you know, like paid this money for the package, I'd do it. I, I just it's something I want to do. It's on my list, and uh, I, I saw some videos and stuff, and it looks yeah. a lot of fun. I, have you, you know, seen Have you seen Running Down the Man? Is, the film Running is that Down a video? the Man. Yeah. I, I may have. I, I've seen a number of stuff doing that. The two things I've seen is that and the giant trevally on on hitting the birds or the, the oh flipper, my god the yeah on the, top. The, the, the flipper yeah so there's cool they're in search of grande that's a friend of mine who who made the video of chasing roosters on the fly mark martin he's a he's a guy down in san diego and then the running down the man that one was done uh way earlier uh really really cool video definitely depicts that whole scene down there um, when it was first kind of getting exposure period yeah. which was cool but um, I would love to do that. And I've, I've had several invites and last year was one of them where it, it just was the timing was wrong. I'd already had a trip planned. But I mean, there's places where we can go and rent homes and be right there on the beach and have, come, have people cook for us. And we go fishing 
you know, all day long and come back to ice cold you know, beer and food. Alex, if you, you know, and, and even, you know, I'm not saying make it a business, but you got to make some profit because <laughs> you're going to be working and stuff. But if you put together a package and say, look, this is how much it costs. I've got yeah. everything covered. And, you know, you got to, you have to make something because you're working at it. Uh, it would make my life easier. Not having, yeah. not having to worry about the logistics. I'd say, okay, here, here here's some, some money. And I'd, a group of guys down there drinking, eating, hanging out yeah. and, and fishing. That's, I mean, that's I'm, what I'm, we want to do. I agree. Right. Totally. Alex, put that together. I will. I'll put it on my, it's just been Please? on my list. For, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think we're kind of running on the tail end of this, so it'd probably be a next year trip for sure. But I'm, it's, it's on, on my list. list. I will, I'll be moved yeah. in and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, all this stuff will be over. It'll be free to travel, but yeah, I'll, I'll, there you I'll go. do it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to make it happen. And, um, <laughs> and this is something too, like we can make it a guy's trip. We could bring, you know, the wives along. Um, cause I no, oh, man. Hey, 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 if you do that, <laughs> then I'll really get the green light to be able to go. See, there you I go. I wouldn't have to lie. I wouldn't have to lie or make up stories. I because just go, all my wife wants to do is hang out on the beach and do nothing. And if your wife wants to do that, and I know Summer would be down, she'd probably be down. Oh, yeah. Fish. So, Summer would probably fish. And they'd have a, yeah. She fished all day. Have a Summer would fish for nine hours with us. <laughs> they'd run down the beach and trip over a fly line, all that shit. Yeah. yeah. Now you watch. You're going to start getting a lot of messages about people going, hey, I know go. they want to be on this trip. You're going to start a business. Yeah, <laughs> I'm down, man. Yeah. Any any chance I can get to Mexico, I'm all over it. But right. hey, Ken, all before right, we guys, bail, man, you. I want to know uh, if you're if you don't mind sharing, because I'll put this on our website and on our Instagram page, and just how people can get a hold of you, even if you know going back to the lodge where you're going to uh, guide in Alaska. You know, what's the best way? The best way to it, I you know I don't really do Facebook stuff much anymore because it's gotten. Everything's politics I know, dude. on there. It's crazy. It just crazy. Yeah. So I really like Instagram a lot. I, sure. I, I do my photography on there. I look okay. at other people's stuff. Uh, I look at watches and knives and everything. So <laughs> yeah, I like it. So, What's so your my Instagram thing on handle? Instagram is IG for, for Instagram. IG Ken Baldwin. Ken Baldwin. Okay. Perfect. And then, you know, if they want to see the show right now, the only thing is at YouTube, Season on the Edge at YouTube. Okay. I'll put a link on there on the website um yeah and 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 uh find me on instagram and maybe we'll get some uh, baja shots up there yeah that'll be killer dude for sure man yeah so i'll have so, yeah, all this information and oh yeah, yeah a lot of alaska photos are up there yeah that'll be killer the ones you sent me were awesome they, they're so cool some killer those bears killer shots. yeah the bears, bears are, are, are awesome that's killer. Well, all right, guys. Cool, Ken. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, we'll get all this stuff up. And all our listeners will be able to check everything out on your Instagram page and uh, check out the videos on YouTube. So thanks again, man. Now, do I yeah, do thanks. thanks for coming on, Ken. Do I have to do anything fancy to get off the Zoom? No, I'm just going to say we'll see you later. Yeah, just, just say leave. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you all later. Right. We'll see all you. Right, man. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode of BFF. Tune in next time for more stories, laughs, and beer-fueled banter. Cheers!